Hello, and welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. This week, we've got for you a short 10 to 15 minute clip from one of our favorite episodes. This bite sized segment will inspire you and give you actionable steps that you can take. If you like what you hear, go back and check out the full length episode, and you'll find a link to that episode in the show notes. Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. So let's let's fast forward to kind of kind of to this year now with, with the pandemic and everything. You're working now, you're working, you know, with a lot of a lot of parents who are beyond school and, and helping them kind of figure out their path. And we'll, we'll get into that in more detail. What the, I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of the biggest challenges that parents are coming to you with? Or even like, you know, since you, since you launched this back in, was it May, June, I think? Yeah, I launched it in May. I've done, you know, as you know, I've done this work for years, but this year it, it has just exploded. It's just a different world. Yeah, it's kind of become your your main your main yeah, focus, your right. mission. Yeah, it's, it is, and it will be for the foreseeable future. So, what what are some of the the biggest challenges that our parents are coming to you with these days? I think the biggest one is actually philosophical. You know, over and over and over this summer, I've had conversations with people who are just really devastated by how fragile the system is and by how much it's not delivering on the social compact. You know, we have this assumption about school and about education and. Most people don't even give it a second thought. They just put their kids on the big yellow bus when they're five, because as you say, that's what we're used to. That's how we've been raised. It's how we went to school. And it never occurs to them that what's happening at school might not be what they expected. You know, they might not be delivering academically in the way that they expected, but also just, you know, the, the social aspect of it, the political aspect of it, the cultural aspect of it. So many parents are just finding themselves really crushed to discover that this system is not serving their family in the way that they thought that it was. Wow. And this realization has come to them through the pandemic as they've gotten more of a window into, you know, what classroom life is really like, life is really like, what the teachers are really like, what the curriculum that's actually being delivered as opposed to what they say is being delivered. And I've just been doing a lot of listening and, you know, compassionately saying, oh gosh, I'm really sorry you're experiencing that. But, you know, mm. at first I thought it was one or two or three families or school districts and, What's becoming clear is that parents kind of en masse are awakening to the fact that uh, the schools are not delivering on pick a thing in the way that they need to be to serve these kids. And that's been really hard because you don't want to believe that that's a thing. Wow. So really, I, I hadn't expected that. I'm actually kind of tingling up. Like it's really a, almost like going through a grieving process. They are. Many know? of them are. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. A lot less about finding the solution as it is letting go of something that was held so tightly. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer there. 
Yeah. Well, because we have an emotional attachment to it, for better or for worse, school was either great and we loved it and it was so important to us and the friends were amazing and you know we have that kind of connection or it was the bane of our existence and we hated it, but there's still a tie in who we are and who we become that's related to how we were educated, for better or for worse. And I think for a lot of families, like they, they really had a lot of faith in the community aspect of their local schools. And what they're finding is that that's not, you know, given the weight of a crisis, it's not bearing up. And so then what do you do? And they feel quite adrift because there's not even leadership or structure being provided to try to, you know, from within that structure of school and, and the state and the countries even that we live in to provide any support for parents in how to maintain that or recreate that or reimagine that. And a lot of parents feel very adrift. And I, I can see why they feel that way because for many of them, the facts are harsh right now. Whew. Yeah. Heavy thing. Yeah. I'm sure even within the school systems themselves, you know, those who are, I mean, obviously everyone's trying to do their best. Of course they are. And it's got to be really hard and, and difficult as a teacher, principal, what have you. Not imagine. Because um, they don't have the answers either. They're, they're, I'm sure a lot of them are realizing, yeah, this, this isn't working. Even we, don't, we don't know what to do. No. Yeah. No. And the thing I do know is that at the local level, I've yet to experience one teacher or administrator at the local level who is not working so hard and doing their absolute best. But you know, the realization I came to 25 years ago when I chose to step out of that system myself and chose intentionally not to to subject my children to it was that the system is just really gravely broken. And it's not about more money or more teachers or more resources or more any of the things that we tend to throw at problems to fix them. It's a, there's a philosophical problem. And that's what is becoming apparent now for people like at, on a much larger scale. And it's not, you know, the teachers can't fix it in this situation, nor can the administrators. It's, it's entre- entrenched. And it's problematic. And it has been for a long time and for a lot of people, but now it is for everyone in some way. Yeah. So you talk about beyond school as, as, a, as a third way. And we've, we've talked a little bit about some of the inherent challenges with the traditional school system and why fundamentally it's just not going to work for, for a lot of families because of yeah. the inherent foundation. I'm also curious about the, the other side, right? Which doesn't get a lot of lip service in my, certainly not right now. What do you say is, is also not working about traditional homeschooling, which, you know, is typically the, the immediate alternative, right? Let's kind of take this, uh, the, the school model and bring it home and try to do our best to be teacher and whatnot. Um, obviously there's different, many different flavors of homeschooling, but what's, what's not working about that for you and perhaps for a lot of parents who are looking for options. Well, the reason we have we've pushed beyond school down the path of a, a third way between traditional education and homeschooling is that both of those extremes have shortcomings for some children, and the best options often are hybrid models. That's true in lots of industries. It's also true in education. Education is not one size fits all, and the best versions of it never have been. Probably the, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the very worst way to try to homeschool is try to replicate public school at home because it's apples and oranges, right? Like it's not about the learning. It's a, it's a structural process that makes it work in a school setting because of the logistics of many children from many backgrounds and teachers and buildings and, 
you know, the need for childcare, like that structure works kind of in the way that it's intended to in that setting. But you try to do that at home, and it's kind of a nightmare. You know, it's really frustrating and it's, it's just a lot. Because education isn't actually about either of the structures, home or school. It's about how a person gains the knowledge, both academic and lifestyle and cultural and emotional and social, to do the thing that they were born to do. And the delivery method for that can vary, and I think should vary widely, between families. And you're right. There are many, many flavors of homeschooling. But one of the things that that I became aware of this summer in my work with people is that the stereotypes and the biases and the presuppositions that average parents who have put their kids in school and followed the more traditional path have around the words related to homeschooling are really problematic. And that was a, yeah. that was a blocker for a lot of people. And so right. we, we took those words out of our school and out of our branding because there's you know many of the parents, maybe most of the parents I'm working with right now, their kids are in some form of institutional schooling, be that e-learning or a pod school or a community group. A friend of mine stopped by this morning and they have a, a Haudenosaunee school on the island that they are, they're doing two days a week led by a, a woman who has actually helped build the indigenous curriculum for Ontario public and high schools, elementary and high schools. And she's doing that here locally for some of the kids, but they're in our public schools three days a week and they're doing that two days a week. And so That's fascinating. these hybrid models, I think are, are the best option for everyone. And they can be totally unique. And I, that is where I see the future of education going. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So within Beyond School, then, how are you addressing these challenges that the parents are coming to you with? So once they've gone beyond the perhaps the grieving stage to some degree, and they're ready to look at, you know, finding that third way that, you know, the creative option yeah. As you said, there's so many different ways to go, which that can be daunting. And probably one reason why a lot of families kind of default to bringing the school model home because it is mm -hmm. hard to see something else that's different. Yeah. How, how do you help parents navigate that myriad of, of possibilities? That's a great question. We have a number of, we're calling them boot camps, that are designed to help parents with the philosophical piece. Because really... You know, educating children is not that complicated a process. Learning to facilitate the education of someone else is, is a doable thing. But we have this mental block. We have this belief that we have to be teachers of some sort. So a lot of the effort that we're putting in is helping parents flip that switch and flip the narrative in their head that they can't teach their kids and instead show them all of the ways in which they already are and then provide tools for them to create more of that good learning. For some families, they want to build a full curriculum that's academic that is meeting a particular goal or need their child has. We're helping them to do that. For other families, what they really need more of is encouragement in building family culture and enrichment and ways to draw in education that's happening all around us. You know, our tagline is learning happens everywhere. Learning happens always. And once you recognize that as a parent and you learn to become a student of your student, pay attention to your child it becomes a lot easier to figure out kind of what little fun things to seed next to them that they, they may or may not love, they may or may not run with, but when you find one that they do, you feed them another one. So we're doing a lot of work helping parents learn how to do that, learn how to facilitate better. And then we've also got a whole range of classes that we're developing for adults and for kids that are by subject matter experts. And our goal is to have a vetted world-class team of people who can provide really excellent online education that bridges the gap between 
the real world and, you know, just a Zoom classroom where you, you sit and you wait and you listen. You know, we've got interactive music classes, interactive art classes, interactive anti-racism classes, things that are timely and helpful and, you know, meet the needs, the holes that are left right now by COVID schooling. I was going to say when I was looking at your, your website, like a lot of the programs and courses there, I just, I just don't see other places, you know, they're, <laughs> right. they're yeah, right. So it's, which is really exciting to, to see yeah. very rich, very, very nurturing. So if I'm a parent and kind of list, listening to all of this, I mean, it sounds kind of interesting. It sounds like a, a exciting possibility. How can I build confidence? And maybe you've, maybe you've already addressed it, but I don't know. I feel like there's something still lingering. How can a parent feel confident that they're, they're going in the right path? Right. I mean, if you choose something like it's always those doubts, how, how do you, how do you course correct and, and, and make sure like, you know, if, if your hope is to at least give them the option to go to university someday, I mean, obviously you've proven with your family that you do not have to go to a traditional school to, to, to thrive in, in that way. But how did they take um, one single standardized test? So that's, you know, if people are interested in how to do that. Let me know. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to do a series. <laughs> the Jen and Jerry's. Yeah, I hear what you're saying though about the doubts. And you know what, what comes up immediately for me in that is that if you don't have doubts as a parent as to whether or not you're doing it right for a particular child, you might not be thinking about it yet. <laughs> because I think people who really are thoughtful and intentional about their kids' education and who really are paying attention to where they're at and what's next, we're plagued by doubts because parenting is massively complicated and you know you've got three kids so you know you know when you have one child you think oh yes i've got this all dialed in no problem and then you have the second child and the third child and the fourth child and you realize that there is almost no overlap like you want to teach the same things but the way you teach them is going to be wildly different kid to kid and of course you have doubts about that like it's it came to me years ago that it is not possible to do this job of parenting and educating kids quote right there is no right way what we can do is to do our best at every point and doing your best every day, even though your best is going to vary widely over a week or a day, even or years, you're doing your best every day. For most of us over the 20 year long haul of raising a human, your best is good enough, you know, and we're like, we're going to mess it up. And, you know, the families that I'm building structured curriculums with, I, I say to them, like, let's, Let's make the cho- best choices we can and then recognize that if in two or three months it's not working, it's okay. We can change gears. Um, you have that flexibility, yeah. yeah. And we need which, to. which is liberating in some ways 